Hello and welcome to Interviews and More with the Casual Worgen. Now today is a very special interview and it's being called Gabbing with the Game Master. Hey! I guess that's his introduction. <laughs> that's me. So JR and I are real life... I'm JR, by the way. That's me. I'm the Game Master. Right. <laughs> we, we established that. So JR and I are real life friends as well as... We still say that. We're, yeah, we were co-workers. And he is also the Game Master for all of our Pathfinder sessions. He's teaching us the ropes, teaching us how to do it, and all our other game sessions. And they are all here at my home in the Worgen Cave. So, Game Master, how is it that we were unfortunate enough to know one another? Well, many, many years ago, we had this new guy coming into our to our place of business. And uh, he was an office snitch. And uh, he was in tight with the boss. They said that the, the boss let him out of let him out from underneath of his desk, and he came in to work with us. And, and it turned out rough. to be you. But uh, now nah, you ended up cool, which is good. <laughs> Not to be a dick. <laughs> so um, when I started, uh, they were telling me about this guy that I was going to start working with, Jr. And they're like, he's the laziest guy in the universe. Turns out they were being honest. He's an, they're not wrong. But, to be fair, they do treat us like dirt, so they deserve that shit. Valid point. Valid point. But, we did have some good times, that's for sure. Speaking of which, story time Story time with Story time with security guards. So With armed security guards, which is worse. Well, we were unarmed at the time. (laughs) Right, so we'll talk about Gorilla Woman. Gorilla Woman. So... (laughs) Back in the day, it was, uh, it, it was, I think it was fall... We had this guy that was asleep on the sleep out behind the library, and he uh, he decided he wanted to throw hands, and uh, we I got got him up and chased him off, and he ended up backing down and pussing off, you know, as usual. So the guy came back the week later. You still didn't show how I got his gave him the nickname that night. Yeah, that yeah. same night. So yeah, this guy, guy, I'm watching from the cameras. Jr. is the officer on on scene, and I'm watching on camera as his backup. And I'm looking at this guy. Now, half of his hair, he's a black male, half of his hair is completely down, like with some goo pulling it down. The other half was an afro. So, I mean, it was messed up. So, henceforth, from then on, I nicknamed him. What did you nickname him? The fucked up Chia Pet. <laughs> the so, and that he was. He was a half a Chia Pet. Right. So anytime we saw this man, that's what he was referred to. Hey, the Chia Pet's back. Your Chia Pet's back. So anyway, this guy, you know, he talks all this trash, throws his hands up, and then he runs off like a little bitch, right? Snitch so the next bitch. week. So the next week we come in, and we're sitting there. We hadn't been there 10 minutes, and we hear screaming. Now, I'm almost deaf anyway, and we could hear this woman screaming, in the office. So we look out, and this woman is just whipping this dude's ass. And this woman was built like a brick shit house. She was probably 5'8", 250 pounds of pure muscle. Of pure bubblegum. She was as wide as she was tall. And she's just in, in the middle of the oh. street, whipping this dude's ass. Just throwing him everywhere. Almost got hit by at least three cars. At Pulled least. her shirt off and threw it at him. So Corey goes out to no, deal with she it. She did that while I was out there. Oh yeah. So Corey goes out to deal with it. She takes her shirt off and throws it at him. And Corey goes out. And he's like rattling doors, trying to watch. 
And we called 911, and I'm on the phone with 911, and of course, I can't help myself. I'm laughing, like, oh, she smacked him. Oh, she threw her shirt at him. And the lady on, on dispatch is like, trying not to laugh and be professional. The play-by-play. Oh, I gave every bit of play-by-play. I'm sure that woman wishes she was there. She probably thought she was there with how great my play-by-play was. But, oh, uh, I'm sure. It was anywho, excellent. the cops show up. It's the same dude. It was Chia Pet. It was Chia Pet. The return of the pet. And do you remember why she was mad at him? Yes. Okay, so this is where my side comes in. Now, from JR, he's watching everything from the interior of the building in the security office. I'm watching the attempts to box. Right. He's watching an epic fight between a <laughs> five foot six, 110 pound man being mauled by a damn gorilla. I'm on my way out the door because I'm like, this shit's too good to miss. So I haul ass over there, and when I get there, they don't quite realize I'm there. So she's got this man, and she is literally beating his ass from one city block intersection to the next. They got an entire city block intersection between these two, and they're just going back and forth, back and forth. She's screaming at him, beating him up. What she was screaming about is how he disappeared. And apparently he disappeared because they were sleeping. Now this little man went to the hospital to get blankets to keep his woman, his gorilla, warm. Comes back, she can't find him. So now he's got these blankets he just stole from the hospital, which he admitted to, by the way, but they didn't care. So he steals these blankets, comes back to an ass whooping. And I'm listening to this woman screaming at the top of her lungs. You weren't there to protect me. I could have been raped. I could have been killed. I could have been stabbed. Where where were you to protect me? Uh, and just beating this dude's ass. And just I st- beating him like like he owed her money. Oh, rent money. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, I'm, I'm about to hand this man my baton. I'm like, here, man, you need this more than I do. Yeah. She tearing his ass up. Oh, I'm like, man, it was so bad. he's got to protect you? Good. God! So I'm trying not to be noticed, and I stand next to this building, kind of, where you really can't see me. She's in the middle of the street, and he said, baby, baby, I got these so you wouldn't be cold. Now, you're talking this is in October, and uh, she says, oh, you cold, motherfucker? Oh, you cold? Take this. Pulls her shirt off in the middle of the street and throws it at the man. Threw it at him. That was the only reason we knew it was a woman. Yes. We thought it was a dude at first because she was beating him so bad. Oh, and dude, so now picture this 200 plus pound gorilla woman with just a bra now. It was all, it was flying everywhere. It was Everything disgusting. was flying everywhere. <laughs> at, In all different directions. Right. It was at that point that I fucked up. She looks over and finally notices I've been there this whole time. And I, I had the mic open so he could hear all this crazy stuff. He was the rattling office. doors trying to pretend like he wasn't right. watching him. <laughs> she looks over at me. Now, I mean, she's a lot bigger than I am. I'm five foot seven at that time, 180. I'm like, don't eat me. So she looks over and from three lanes away, shouts at me. What the fuck are you looking at? I was just out of nowhere, not even thinking about it, turned, shook the door handles and said, ma'am, I'm just checking doors. <laughs> you went in the fucking corner. And you I went, was terrified. You went in the bushes. I was terrified. Oh, so then the fuzz shows up. 
So yeah, Springfield finally shows up and they go to arrest the guy. Well, they and, went to talk to him. They separated him to talk to him. Right, well, the officer said, which one are we arresting? Uh, Who's the aggressor? And they go to turn him around and I'm like, hold up. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. He didn't put any hands on her. I said, she mauled him. <laughs> he ran. I said, he, he ran for his life. He was ducking and weaving, <laughs> but he did not once put hands on her. She, at one time, swear to God, used both of her hands, picked him up by his shirt around his neck, off the ground, and, launched him. and then took one other hand, let go, and started decking him. One, two, three to the jaw, holding him up in the air with one hand. Uh, I, I'm like... Damn. Yeah, it was it was brutal. Like it was, oh, it was bad. Oh, I love that shift. Well, the, the uh, and the best part was is that whenever they 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 separated him, they asked him what was up. The guy was in town because he was serving time on a domestic violence charge, and then they let him leave together. They yeah. So in in the state of Illinois, I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but in domestic violence situations, both parties get arrested. Or at least the aggressor. Now, the Springfield officer lets them leave together. Yeah, they didn't even make them separate. Right. I mean, to be fair, it's Springfield PD. You can't expect too much. But Moving <laughs> it was, on. Uh, it was wild. So, yeah. And the best part was, as we're as this is all going down, this taxi pulls up and stops oh. and rolls his window down. To and me. Then he, and then he drives off. So, then Corey comes back in. It's like an hour and a half later. And I'm like... Because this went on forever. Like, the cops were there forever talking to him. And he comes back in, and I said, what uh, what that taxi say? And he said, he rolls the window down and says, hey, man, you need a ride? And Corey's like, no, nah, man, I'm dealing with this. And he Do said, you not oh. see the uniform? Yeah, and then he leads over and looks at them and says, hey, y'all need a ride? And she glared at him so much that he drove off in fucking fear, man. He, no, 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 no. Burning rubber. So I'm watching all this happen, and this is before Springfield got there, actually. This taxi comes pulling up in the loading dock. I'm in full uniform. Clearly, I look like I need to be there. And dude pulls up and he says, hey, do you need a ride? I'm looking at him. In the background, while she's mauling this dude, she yells, I'm going to fucking kill you. He looks over his shoulder and you uh, you can see me on camera. I said, nah, but they do. Pointed at her, man, with the tires squealing. He was out. He dipped out. It was great. He was gone. And one thing you forgot to uh, you forgot to mention when SPD kicked them loose, I was like, "You're letting them leave together?" And they're like, "Yeah, we just kicked them out from the homeless shelter for fighting." And so they left the homeless shelter, beating each other <laughs> up. Came go. to us, beating each other up. And then the, their brilliant idea was and, let them go again. And the bad part about it is, is the direction they came from was the opposite of the homeless shelter. So they went around downtown and then back downtown to fight each other <laughs> under our cameras. Oh, like, it had to have been, like, that That ass whooping lasted forever. <laughs> Not for him, it did. And the funny thing about it was we had made contact with that guy the week before. We made contact with that guy that night. Whenever we were telling everybody the story, one of the other guards had talked about how he had showed up with some white girl <laughs> out of her mind who, like, tried to get, while she was trying to stumble her way up from the ground, slurred at him and said, you swore you'd give me some smack. Now, was that the same girl they had the video where she was on top of a park bench, rolled under it, like her her boobs were falling out, she was laid out under the table? Same girl. Yeah, her. You know, like, if you took away the ten years of meth 
could have been attractive. Yeah, I'm at the bad decisions. Yeah, I'm Mexican American and it's natural habitat. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Oh, another one of our first stories together. Amazing. So one one night now, Jr. and I we were removing people left and right back when we actually liked our job. Yeah, we it was a, it, back then we worked together on the weekends, and the only time anything ever happened was on the weekends. I swear, trouble follows Corey because now he works Monday through Friday and I work the weekends. Only things happen on Monday through Friday. I've never seen any issues since he left weekends. So I think he's the problem. Oh, look, I'm calling but, these people over. But the good thing about it is, is that at that point, we, like, if we called the police, they would never show up, up until Corey got there because there had been some big situation. So we had to call in, I calculated it, in eight days of working together in one month, we had to call Springfield PD 19 times, and they showed up for every situation. We wrote Dang. so many incident reports. It was insane. We were the only ones that did any work. It was the wildest time ever. But at this point, this is a little bit later, and this is pre-pandemic, keep in mind. Right. So these people apparently had went to the bar, which which abuts uh, the parking lot for one of our buildings. And this girl came out and was, like, leaning on the side of the car, dropped her pants, and peed down the side of her car. And I'm like... And her boyfriend was there, and he was stumbling drunk. Right, but drunk. the problem, the problem Neither is... Neither one of them were sober enough to drive. When we looked at her... She was peeing down the side of her car into her pants. Yeah. Like, well, her pants weren't far enough not, down not even that it that. was going straight she in. She was clearly drunk, but, like, she was pissing her pants. At the, she was trying to not piss her pants and ended up pissing her pants. And vomiting at the same time. And ralphing everywhere. So, I mean, it was it was brutal. And I'm like, don't, like, go, go tell them to get a cab because they're going to kill themselves. Like, they were, they were in bad shape. Yeah, so I run out there, and on video, right as I... I uh, come around the corner, I shine my flashlight, it hits her right in the chest. Like, now, the, uh, according to the camera, before I got there, she's trying to pull her pants up, but she can't, she, she gets an get inch it. off the car, falls back, inch falls back, she couldn't get them. The second my light hits her in the chest, pants come straight up. Straight up, she stood straight up, acting like she was as sober as a judge. And when she turned around to come towards me, JR spots in the camera that all of that pee went straight into the pants. Like, the entire ass was just pee pants. Pee pants McGee. She definitely, she was pissy pants. And then as soon as Corey talked to him, the boyfriend came over and was like, no, no, she's not driving, I'm driving. And then he motorboats her. Yeah, and they were, I mean, they were blitzed. Oh, dude, he motorboated her. He's like, you like her tits? Sticks his face in her chest and boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh, hell no. I didn't get. I don't want tickets to this shit show. But this guy was freakishly tall. I'm talking. He was like Abraham Lincoln tall. He yeah. He was he was easily six three or six four. Yeah, weighed maybe ninety pounds. <laughs> if that <laughs> right. And as he's talking, he had this speech about him where he's like, "Fuck the police." And she's trying to be nice. She's he, trying to shut him up because she wants right. to get in the car and drive off. And she's like, get in and drive us away. And I'm like, don't let them leave because they're going to kill themselves. They, were, they weren't too inebriated to drive. They were too inebriated to walk. And I'm telling him this. I'm like, you guys need to bounce. Yeah. Leave. Get, get a cab. Right. Get a cab. Man. I even tried to get him a cab. So we know Springfield police are on the way at this point. JR says it over the radio, so they hear it. 
these nimrods spend the entire time arguing over which one will be the getaway driver. I'm like, are you shitting me? So JR calls me and says, not only is Springfield police here, but they're circling the building trying to find me. What, what was it? Three times they drove they right past me? Times. And I have to go leave the people, which you never do, especially because I don't want them to get in that car. I leave them, walk to the middle of the intersection, dead in front of a Springfield police car, and I'm like, bruh. <laughs> right here. Right. Because you flashed your lights at them once, and they just kept driving. Mm-hmm. But finally they show up, and it's Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It's a, a, a salty sergeant and this little itty yeah. bitty, this Big, little itty bitty guy, white cop that's seen it all, and little bitty tiny black black guy rookie had to who, be twelve who was amped and wanted he he, he was dancing because he wanted to, he wanted some trouble. Yeah. As they walk up, I'm like, look, these two idiots are intensely drunk. Now at this time the male is in the passenger or in the driver's seat with the key in the ignition, the vehicle running. That is hundred percent DUI in the state of Illinois. Yeah, having so, the keys in the in the ignition. With the vehicle running the vehicle on top running of it. Here. You're right. You're that we're talking felonies here. Yeah. So you think this would be a big deal. Well, for some reason that skinny guy went from nice he went zero to five hundred. Yeah, he, he was, was trying to, ready to trying fight. Trying to kiss ass to fight, and, and right. because they were like, "You're not driving that car home." Right. So the white officer leans to the back of this Nissan Sentra to get the license plate, and no shit, this skinny dude flicks a lit cigarette at the officer's back and says, "And I quote, fuck you, white boy." Now I'm ba- I've got my radio up so Jared can hear this, and I'm like, ding ding, ring the bell. Yeah, I, I heard it, but I didn't see the cigarette flick until later because I, I didn't realize why they were all so pissed off. I just thought he had spoken to him, he had said that, yeah. and that's what pissed him. Because the white guy did get mad. The other cop, the young guy, yeah. was hot, and the reason like, vibrating like he he got this face and wanted to throw hands. And the reason we're telling you about their size because this is important. Now I'm five foot seven. The officer we're discussing is maybe 5'4", so I'm looking down on him. Yeah, he now was the, tiny, the, the complex. The aggressor is 6'3"? Yeah, him and him and the white cop were probably the same height. Maybe, right. the, maybe the skinny dude was a little bit taller. But the, the other cop was like, you know what, whatever. Like, I think he even said at one point, like, you're lucky I'm going on vacation because I don't want to deal with paperwork. Yeah, that was at the end when yeah. they left. So he, before the cigarette butt hits the ground, the little black dude was like, ding, ding, up in this dude while trying to get in his face. The best part is from the camera angle, you couldn't tell if he was trying to give him a blowjob or a really low high five. So picture this, five foot four versus six foot three, and the five foot four guy is literally doing that shoulder check thing, you know, to show your butt but up. It, but he's hitting <laughs> him in the belly button. But he's like hitting him in the belly buttons. So he's like, excuse me, but you need to tell me what crimes have I committed? He's like, trespassing on state property, public intoxication, urinating on state property, um, DUI. <laughs> Attempted DUI, like conspiracy right. to commit DUI, like they could have made up anything. They were tra- they were just like, just get a cab, just get a cab. They begged yeah. them to get a ride, and the girl in the background was like on the phone the whole time. She tried to hug me, and I'm like, back up, yeah, please don't, don't touch, me. touch me. 
And then she goes and tries to hug the white officer twice, and he's also like, no, 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 no. Step back. So after the uh, small officer and the guy are done beefing and whatnot, they finally come to an agreement where some ass hat and a red truck or whatever is going to come pick them up and leave the car. So the truck pulls up, they get in the vehicle, I'm standing with the officers, and on his way out, he has one thing left to say. Comes out of, the, hanging out of the window <laughs> and screams. Window. Yeah, he hangs out the window and he screams at the officers and, and myself, y'all are just abusing your badges, bitches. And on camera, you see me and the officers all turn to each other like, what the f- Yeah, like- <laughs> You just got away with felonies! With multiple. Right, and was- so at the end of it, I'm like, so why was this guy not arrested? And no no hesitation, the sergeant says, I'm off duty in three hours. It would take two just to, just to get him through Sangamon County. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was just over it. That, he uh- let all those felonies go. It was it was a good time. I mean, to be fair, Springfield PD doesn't do their jobs anyway. But that that night especially, and the little cop was like so jacked up. He, oh. he wanted to fight so bad, and that's I mean we've seen that guy in the intervening time, and he's chilled out a lot. And he has a mustache now yeah, too. He's a big he looks boy, like a fucking tarred. Like they took the training wheels off. He's got a mustache <laughs> yeah, now. He, he looks like a doofus. He showed up to an accident one time, and he was asking me questions, and I looked at him. I said, "You look familiar," and I was like. It's the mustache. I was like, you're all grown up now. <laughs> Is that the same dude that showed up the night they had that really bad accident and the gun was outside the car or yeah. whatever? Okay, that's what I thought. And he's real cool about it, too, because I was like, oh, you're all grown up now. Yeah, he was. he's actually, he seems fairly pleasant. The good thing is, is he we, don't deal with, we don't deal with most of the douchebags on nights. If we have to deal with the cops, it's usually the chicks. And they're usually like, all right, like right, let's just deal with what we got to deal with. Yeah. So we could go back to work. Like this is nobody is winning when you're having to deal with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's usually the short guys that are trying to like with their with their their little man little penis syndrome trying to fucking start some shit. And and I get a lot of people like at least four or five times a week. I'm getting rid of someone. They all want to fight. They all talk shit. I've never once had to pull my gun at all. I've never had to pull any non lethals anything like that. But the night that homeboy was getting mauled by that gorilla. I was about to be like, you need this more than I do, bro. Yeah, and we're about to pull it just to hand it to Just hand like, it off, bro. Just to pass it off, bros before hoes. <laughs> you it was, need it this more than I do. Yeah, it was going to be bad. I mean, let's level the playing field. How about some OC spray, homie? Yeah, oh man, it was bad. So that was uh, <laughs> two two days in the life. Two nights in the life. And my jumper stalker. Oh, and then... Yeah. So one night... I don't know, it was like 3 a.m., so 0300, I see this minivan come flying up on top of the four-roof, uh, four-story garage. Now, we cover four city blocks, so I haul ass. I get up to the top of this garage. She's got a Dodge Gray Caravan parked up, nosed up to the edge of the roof, and she's standing on the front bumper, so she's between the vehicle and literally hanging off over the edge. And she's listening to some song about... Uh, it was one from Fast and the Furious in memory of Paul Walker. Yeah, I never that saw song, that When I See You Again, etc., yeah, etc. I, et et I don't well, like Fast and Furious. Movies. She had it blasted. She had no idea I was standing there calling in her license plate, her vehicle description. So she's got no idea that I'm running her information to control room. And I come around the corner and she finally sees me and she freaks out. And I'm like, so what are we doing here? <laughs> 
and she starts explaining how depressed she is, etc., etc., like she was going to jump. And I don't know why, but I just, I like to crack jokes. I thought maybe it would change this scenario, change the situation to get her mind off of it. I said, well, you know, from this height, killing if, if fall won't kill you, it's just going to fuck you up. And that's way too much paperwork. <laughs> that's way more paperwork than any of us want to deal with. I have no idea. I just popped that out, and she started laughing, and we actually stood up there for about 45 minutes, de-escalated. I just let her talk. That's what she needed was just a platform, a person to talk to. And from then on... She's been stalking my ass. Yeah, she showed up for you multiple times, and she showed up one night when I was working. I was like, oh, it's okay. Corey said it's okay. And I'm like, Corey's not even working tonight, lady. Right. Get the shit out of here, please. She backed up to one of the the loading docks, and they were like taking Fast and Furious-style pictures of their fucking... I didn't realize she was listening to a Fast and Furious song. It would have made more sense. But I'm like, what are you doing? Ah, uh, these fucking people. They were doing a car, a photo shoot. They were doing their own car show. They were two cars. Right. <laughs> and a minivan. <laughs> so <laughs> Two on, nice cars and a minivan. So on my two night off. Two and a minivan. <laughs> so on my night off, I'm just, I'm chilling. I'm raiding. I'm playing some World of Warcraft. I'm just chilling out like, you know, wait, fuck it. It's my night off. And I'm getting all these messages from JR. And he's like, so did you authorize this? I'm like, the fuck I did. <laughs> sure I did. Just tell right. her it's all good. Right. I'm like, uh, uh, no, bro. Just call the director and tell her it's all good. Yeah, so far uh, as I know, five times she's been there. Yep. Four that I've been there, <laughs> and, and then once, once with, with you. Yep. Oh, Lord. And then there was the night that we had the lady upstairs taking pictures of her car in the the uh, in the parking garage. And I went up, and I said, ma'am, you're not allowed to masturbate up here. <laughs> I said, sir, you're not allowed to masturbate up here. The lady said, I'm so sorry, sir. Like jumped in her car and peeled out as fast as she could. I'm not gonna lie, that's a good one. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. That I, but I mean, that's the it's the best way to think, to tell people to piss off, man. Like or the, I just walk up and say, "Hey, you can't masturbate on state property," and they in, instantly. Or the Greg one. Check this out. So I we aren't issued numerical badges in the sense that they are linked to us. We get these badges out of a damn box. So I've got like five and none of them. Say, I don't even have a badge. Mine is sewn on. <laughs> right. None of ours match. So I'm sitting there with this one idiot and she's throwing a fit. Just a massive fit. Nothing. And I'm as polite as I can be, but nothing is going to make this woman happy. And then Karen says it. <laughs> was that just that time? Yep. And it Karen, wasn't your wife? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Andrea. So, <laughs> she's in the next room. She's going to smoke uh, your she, ass. She's going to beat my ass, but she can't deny it. <laughs> she's going to poison the chili. Oh, so um, she says it, and I couldn't believe she said it, but she karen me. I'm talking, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and there's a Karen. Good God. And she says, I want your name and your badge number. And I said, No. I'm not giving you that information. She's like, you have to. No. You're a sworn officer by law. You have to. I said, no. None of those things. So about five minutes of telling her no, she finally gets to the point that I'm like, well, you know what? I don't know my badge number. And she says, what do you mean you don't know your badge number? Oh, I got these out of a box. Bro, she was fuming. Like she went from hot to fuming. That did not go well with her. And then I said, you know what? I need to get out of here, but you know what? For your report, I'll give you my name. It's Officer Pettis. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bounced. That was our, uh, that's our faith healer. 
Yeah, for all that, of you that don't that haven't heard of him. Yeah, before. so I said I was someone else. I claimed I was him. That way, if there was an official report, screw that guy. <laughs> well, that's the guy that prays for people and regrows their legs, so yeah. he'll be fine. Oh, if he hears this podcast, he's gonna be like, he'll never "I will reheal this your is, butthole." This well, well, that's he had to reheal it because so this guy would face rape an apple every day, and he named it Corey. Oh, bro, that he cool. say. Say, oh yeah, Corey. Oh, no, no, no. You're a so uh, if he's got to if he's got to do it healing, it's definitely going to be on Corey. <laughs> you can cut that out. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm out. Uh, no, but this dude literally told us stories about playing guitar with. It. He was playing guitar, praising God. Look, I'm I'm a Christian, so I'm not saying. That any of this is bad. I don't want to get any uh, any people lying, hyped up. But he's yeah, lying. we're not saying he's lying, but he is saying that without drugs or alcohol being involved, he was playing guitar, praising God, and Jesus physically in astral form appeared, and they danced and played together. That's uh, yeah. all I'm saying. But he didn't see Jesus's face; it was in the clouds. So right, was the like, face was in clouds. His head was at belly button height. That's what he told us. This like is, a biblical blowjob? Yeah, he was giving him Bible jobs. Um, yeah, no, oh, this, guy, so much hate for this guy was fucking nuts. But he doesn't work there anymore because his wife was afraid for his life. Yeah. He had a Jesus bubble, but his wife was afraid for his life. Yeah, no harm would ever come to him. Yeah. I will never get coronavirus. Don't use that word at me. Then he goes and gets the shot, and he's like, I'm protected. Yeah, he's, what a dick. he was a fucking idiot. What but, a dick. Yeah. Anywho. But yeah, so that's that's how we know each other. Yeah, the bullshittery and the shenanigans. Yeah, the, the, the shit kickery. So anyways, now that we've covered how we met, I'm obviously a big World of Warcraft guy, hence Casual Worgen. Now, I have played a lot I thought that was casual organ. I thought you were, like, working the corners or something. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, hey, but it's based on World of Warcraft. You gotta, you gotta make your money somehow, you know. So, Game Master JR is here because he started a group with uh, Russ and myself called Pathfinder. And I'm still learning the game. But, thanks to you, I've got someone to assist with that to teach us the rules. But I want everyone to give you a chance and to find out... What got you here? What makes you the game master, Bader? Well, you know, I, I can't do that in public anymore. But uh, it's frowned upon. It is it technically illegal. Um, so when I was a kid, uh, I my grandma bought me a book. I'll never forget. I actually still have a copy of that, not that particular one, but it was a Dungeons and Dragons book. Uh, it was a second edition Dungeons and Dragons book. It was called the Complete Wizard's Handbook, and it was just based around role play and like different ways to like spruce your wizard character up or whatever and it was fascinating to me like I like fantasy I'm a huge fan of like fantasy books and stuff like that read a lot of trash fantasy as a kid <clears throat> but uh Dungeons and Dragons 2nd edition especially was really heavily based on role play and on storytelling and I really like that and uh it's actually I, I like to go back and read old school books like that just because they're they're so much less rule based and so much more like story based why you're doing what you do uh, like I, I wrote a novel with a friend of mine and stuff like this really helps with that. But um, I actually, my first real like fantasy game that I played was Magic the Gathering, which is a card game kind of like Hearthstone. I do like Hearthstone. It was the original 
collected collectible card game, Magic the Gathering, uh, and it was published by a company called Wizards of the Coast. Well, when we were when I was in junior high, uh, Wizards of the Coast either bought, I'm pretty sure they bought out TSR, which was the old D and D publisher, and they put out their own edition of Dungeons and Dragons, which was Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition, and that's the one that I played as a kid. Um, it it was kind of a balance between storytelling and rules, and it was it, it is extremely rules heavy. And uh, we played that as kids a little bit, not a whole lot, but I collected a lot of the books and, um, and, you know, got away from it, got into high school, didn't really have anybody to play with. So I kept the books. I liked to, you know, read through them or whatever. And then uh, grew into an adult and then uh, kind of got back into gaming through a friend so of mine. So you say. Supposedly. Uh, got back into gaming through a friend of mine and they introduced me to Pathfinder. And Pathfinder is when Dungeons and Dragons went from third edition to fourth edition, people hated fourth edition. And their old publishing company that uh, printed all their books out, Paizo, uh, took over. Basically, they started making their own world in the open gaming license, which is third edition, which was the third edition rules. And kind of expanded it and uh, modified the rules a little bit, gave it some more rules. There's a lot more classes. And that's what Pathfinder is. That's We play Pathfinder first edition. And it's kind of the best balance, to my mind, between storytelling and gameplay, using your dice, creating characters, making having combats, having heists, you know, doing stuff like that. There's a rule for everything, and there's a way to roll for everything. And even though all the like the later editions, especially like Dungeons Dragons Fifth Edition, has that, it's a lot more simplified for newer players, which isn't an issue. But I personally prefer Pathfinder First Edition because that's the first edition that I actually played. Essentially, we played a bit of Third Edition, and Third Edition turned into Pathfinder. And I like the story of Pathfinder. I like the classes. I like the way. I like uh, the modifications you can do with it. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. And um, I mean, honestly, it's probably my favorite. It's it's at least up there, tied up there with my favorite game systems. Now, for me, my thing is coming from a console and computer gamer. I'm used to animation. I'm used to seeing what I'm doing, seeing my character as I develop it. So it's good that you have this knowledge. And that you're able to give this knowledge, because for me, going from actually seeing my character until just using imagination, using dice, using pen and paper, it's been a bit of a struggle, but you've been pretty good with it. Well, and we're lucky, too, because Pathfinder um, has great artists and great art, and that's one of the things that, you know, each of the books, we're playing a, uh, an adventure path called the Carrion Crown Adventure Path. Um, and each of the books has a lot of art, has a lot of maps, has a lot of stuff to look at. There are handouts even, which we don't really use handouts that much. We, we tend to kind of talk our way through it. But, uh, they, you know, they, they do a lot of things to kind of help with the visual aids with stuff like that for people that, you know, that are, that are coming over into it. And I know especially the newer books also, because Pathfinder is into 2nd Edition. Pathfinder 2nd Edition, D&D 5th Edition, uh, even like some of the indie games that I played... They, um, they all have very art, not art-heavy, but very art-rich books, and it kind of helps you to kind of immerse yourself into that world when you're playing it, because so many people, because you could just play, you know, like you said, you could just play a game on a console, and it's all done for you. You're just playing, you know, with your controller, whereas in this one, not only are you doing the work to play it, you're doing the work to imagine what it looks like and kind of keep 
keep where you're at separate and keep your characters separate and kind of keep how they talk and what they do. So there's, you know, there's a lot more work to it than it would be, um, than it would be just playing a video game. And I do like the ability that you gave me to kind of not so much break the rules, but create rules because I'm not going to lie. I wasn't too into it until this fool said, Hey, if you want a dino druid, We'll give you a dino druid. Well, see, I didn't... I'm in for that. I didn't make that up. That's actually a class that they had. Right, but not available to what we were playing. Yeah, well, it's not that it wasn't available. It just, it's it's not necessarily, like... It's not one of the ones that's recommended. Each of the each of the games, each of the, uh, the adventure paths has kind of recommended classes that you should have because each game, like, takes place in a specific set of this world, specific section of this world, and you're you're fighting certain types of enemies. So, like in this game, the big bad guy ends up, you know, is a lich. Basically, they're trying to resurrect this lich, and you deal with a lot of ghosts and spirits and things like that. So, like, even though your character is really good for combat, a lot of the other stuff that you would have to do, you have trouble with. So, I managed to kind of jim jam the game a bit to where you guys can play what you guys want to play, and you still have an NPC character that can help you, help you with the spirits, help you with your knowledge is to try to find out who's what's where and stuff like that. And it, it definitely, definitely helps to be able to do that. And that's one of the things having the amount of experience that I have of playing Pathfinder and playing role-playing games in general is I know where the, the, um, the pitfalls are and I know where the things are going to come up that if you don't know what you're doing and you get halfway through a game, it can bring it to a screeching halt because you know, you're not, you weren't sure when you were making your character so you didn't make anybody that could handle this situation. And having done it long enough, it's easier for me to kind of look ahead and say, well, this could be a problem. I'll just deal with it like this. So that's been helpful for all of us, especially because Russ, I think Russ said he played second edition. And he's also played other stuff like um, he's played Shadowrun. Uh, we've discussed a few other games. But um, he played, you know, old school, old school games. So it wasn't, the role play stuff wasn't as hard for him to get into, but it's so rules heavy. Uh, Pathfinder is so rules heavy that that was a little bit of an adjustment for him too. But for you especially, like, I had to really kind of look out just to make sure that it was going to be not only challenging because you don't just want to, like, have nothing to do, but also fun. You know what I mean? Something that, that is interesting. Plus, I'm an idiot. But you, exactly. had, you had me. At Dino Druid. Uh, that, that was, I think that was actually the one, because we had discussed that. You were like, man, I wish I could get a dinosaur mount. And when I was researching this, which I, I had it all researched out before I pitched it, and I was like, hey, we're, we should play this. You can play a Dino Druid. You could have a guy that, that has a little dinosaur friend. And you were like, all Hell right. Hell yeah. You were like, all right, I'm sold. <laughs> you win. Just bring this stuff in. over and we'll do it. Look, Dino Druid, I'm in. And it's it, it done. Yep. However, you neglected to mention that at some point in time, my pathetic roles would somehow work its way into Russ cutting my dick off. Well, I think Russ just wanted to cut your dick off. But uh, the fact that my dick even came up as in a viable option hey, for you, attack in the first place. Listen, you chose to not wear the codpiece. But that doesn't mean you're literally going, hey, I'm the game master, his it. dick must go. I didn't do it. Russ was the one that said he was chopping he was chopping peepees. <laughs> Chop peepees. That's Russ. Russ likes to chop peepees. Oh, if that's is... if that's his thing, that's his thing, man. I'm not I'm not who am I to get in between a man and his peepee chopping? 
He's like, so uh, you roll this. Your defense is really weak as fuck. So yeah. roll Russ as... What's your attack? I cut your dick off. Wait, wait, hold yeah, up. Yeah. He rolled a natural one, and Russ said, well, I guess I cut your ding ding off. Yeah, and Russ was up. using, like, a battle axe, so, I mean... He, a he, a that, rusted ass battle yeah, axe. That, that groin attack was brutal. Yeah. I'm like, how do you defend against that? He's like, ha battle axe. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was cray-cray. Yeah, that was our, that was our, what, second session? Yeah, that was the second session. But now we're, uh, switching into... Because we don't want to start this brand new podcast halfway in. Uh, the listeners won't know where we're at. Hell, I don't even know where we're at at this point because of coronavirus screwing everything up for us. We haven't got to do this in over a month. So we're we're going to work on, and maybe you can explain a little better uh, for me and everyone else, Delta Green. Because now we're going to start for these people, fresh game. After we're done with this episode... We're recording our first. What is and what are the differences with Delta Green? Welcome back to Gabin with the Game Master. This is the casual Morgan and Game Master. Hey, hey. And we have our new special guest, the guy who uh, we discussed earlier was trying to cut people's dick off. I'd like to introduce Russ. Saboteur. The saboteur. And he loves to cut ding-dings off. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave him in his (laughs) ding-ding obsession elsewhere. So, now the... (laughs) Welcome to getting fucked on the podcast. So... The only ding-ding I'm worried about is mine. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's going to sound good. What do you and Greg get up to? With your apples, this between you and Greg. Bring up Greg again, you're evicted. So anyways, <laughs> the Game Master is now going to take over and explain Delta Green to everyone who needs to know. Well, and so, so Delta Green is basically, an, it was an expansion originally of the original, uh, I think it was the 5th edition of Call of Cthulhu. Uh, it came out about 6 months before the X-Files did, and it's basically the same uh, story concept of the X-Files. It's a government organization that investigates... Uh, occult phenomenon and uh, basically it's conspiracy theory to game in a lot of ways uh, Roswell Area 51, UFOs, stuff like that also mixed in with um, the works of H.P. Lovecraft like Call of Cthulhu, it's actually the original story that it's based on is uh, The Shadow Over Innsmouth where people are interbreeding with uh, like fish people basically. Aquaman basically except actually having sex with fish people Alright, um, that escalated quickly. A, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that's a slippery subject. That's a, well, that's actually a big part but of yeah. uh, a big part of the game that, that's kind of an issue is there's a lot of like the the bad guys are real bad. They do really fucked up shit. So like you're you're when you're fighting them, you know that you're fighting bad guys. But uh, as a game system, rather than being the D twenty system like D D or Pathfinder, it's a percentage dice, a D one hundred. So uh, I've actually got a full size. 100, which is like a big ass golf ball. <laughs> a full yeah. size what? Don't talk dirty to me. A full size golf ball, basically. <laughs> Takes forever to fuck them. But uh, but uh, it's uh, you, you know, you roll your percentages for your skills in that, or if you have a certain level of skill, like you just succeed, depending. Um, so for example, if you use uh, human human intelligence, you use that for like uh, for tailing somebody, or for you know trying to break a tail or for doing a dead drop or like spy skills 
if you have a certain, um, you have a level high enough, like if you say you have 60%, you can automatically succeed most regular skills. Like if you're trying to drive and you're trying to avoid getting followed, you just automatically succeed. Also, uh, the game itself is based heavily around the roleplay aspects of it. So there are things that you could do that you wouldn't even have to roll for. So I'm for, still stuck with the breaking the tail part, because if you wag it really fast, you can break it. I don't think we're talking about the same tails <laughs> here, homie. Don't break the door. <laughs> don't break the door. No, I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, like, don't break the door. You can break the door. It's fine. Stop it. Um, this is my man cave. Cease and desist. <laughs> all breakage of my shit. Um, <laughs> the casual organ demands you to cease and desist at this time. But uh, anyway, you'll deal with Andrea. You break that door. Don't make me get my wife. Oh yeah, Andrea. Andrea will fuck you up. That's right, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, oh, um, oh, I'll do also, it too. Also, skill wise, you can choose to uh, if you know how to run things. She blame you. That's true. Right? She would absolutely blame you. Fact. <laughs> I could be the one that put my head through it, and she'd blame you. Well, Fact. she's not 100% wrong. <laughs> but anywho. Don't tell her that. As far as skills, if you chose to describe a skill rather than roll for it, you could, if you describe it well enough, you could get an automatic success, too. Like, if you were describing how you would operate a dead drop to try to get make contact with, like, a spy that you're working with, you wouldn't have to roll for it. Um, there is combat. Yeah, that. like in, in that, it kind of rewards you being more interested in it and being uh, being more into it. Um, and it just rewards you for being into the game and into into that kind of stuff. That's good. Um, so I mean, there's a, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of role play, and you can really make role play a big part of it. Uh, it's a lot of investigation um, as far as as far as the game goes. You're, you're a lot of times you are you're um, looking for you're you know you're trying to investigate things and you're trying to decide if something is if something is um, actually a cult or if something is actually like magic based or something or if it's just people doing screwed up stuff and then you just pass it on to cops uh, I, I've heard both ways I've actually heard some people don't ever have people investigate like mundane stuff and I've heard people People do, and then they pass it on. So, now, there are a lot of different ways to play it. Now, here's a question I have. Now, we're talking about law enforcement and everything. We're talking about the evil magic and whatnot, right? So, we, you have a mixture of a little bit of real life, a little bit of magic, but are there limitations to what you can do? Massive limitations. Uh, one of the biggest things that limits you is your sanity. Uh, based on your character scores, you have a certain sanity score, and as you... As you lose sanity from dealing with the unnatural, your sanity stuff resets, and you get you get um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? You get uh, disorders. So you can have a sleep disorder where you can't sleep, and it makes you worse. It makes you worse, uh, like in combat and in thinking, unless you take sleeping pills. So combat fatigue. And if you take sleeping pills, you could get addicted. And if you're addicted to sleeping pills and you don't take them. Or you could end up basically being forced to fucking rob somebody to get the money for your sleeping pills. Like, there's a lot of stuff in it that intermixes into it. So the game could eventually make you shoot yourself in the head. Exactly. And, real that, life. and that does happen. That so has it's happened real life. before. Like, 
it, it does do stuff like that. Like now, that. does it account for or compensate for Walgreens screwing up my prescription? No, it could. <laughs> I'm just it curious. could. I'm just curious. Uh, one of the actually one of the things in one of the campaigns we were running was my my group ended up because there's actually two Delta Green organizations in the history of it. There's right now there's one working for the government, and there's the old school organization called the Outlaws, and those were the guys that were basically put out in the street whenever the original Delta Green got shut down. Because they were too crazy to deal with. No, they weren't too crazy. They had done some stuff, and the government was, this is part of the conspiracy theory that was like a quote-unquote real conspiracy theory, was the government was working with Majestic 12, which was the committee that like had contact with aliens. Right. And Delta Green was trying to shut it down because they knew they had evidence that the aliens weren't doing this like for good reasons. And then after 9-11, basically... The, the steering committee of Majestic 12 was taken over by a group of Delta Green agents, and it basically made Delta Green official again. But in the process of that, the the Greys actually all shut down, basically. They just fell inert, and the, the Grey bodies just stopped working. Uh, they didn't get any more. They had there's a, there's a document in the, in the game called The Cookbook where it's like ways to genetically engineer stuff to stop diseases... There was a there was one of the uh, the early Delta Green missions from the, the game books. You're you're investigating this uh, facility in Tennessee that's making nuke skin, and it's like just this it you know whatever injury you have it'll fix it, but it's got a mind of its own, and if it if you if it finds out that you find out it will kill you, basically. Like there's a lot of like really weird crazy stuff, and like like you were asking about magic. If you if you're using magic. You are taking sanity loss each time you use it, depending upon how like high level the spell is, and a lot of the magic that you could use isn't necessarily like it's dark shit. Like it's like you have to sacrifice two children to do this kind of thing, and it's like part I got of the, two. Part of well, there you go. <laughs> but part of the game is like you're. It's like you're picking. You're picking the. You're fighting the greater evil, and like taking on this lesser evil to yourself to like save the world, basically. And it's like, how far will you go to save the world before you turn into a bad guy, basically? Or kill yourself, or die, or whatever. And like I, uh, like we were discussing, it's it's a lot of it has like a, an OSR, like old school revival feel. So when you have, like, you're talking about hit points in combat, you, I mean, you could die each round of combat. Instantly. Like, any one hit could kill you. And it's, it's designed to be like, kind of like more that chaotic the chaotic aspect of actual combat. Like if you have, for example, if you have a bulletproof vest on, you roll a percentage to see if you hit, and you roll a percentage to see if you if you could hit the head or the legs or whatever to see if, if it would miss it. And if you hit the vest, it only takes a certain amount of hit points off. And if you get hit too hard, it'll still kill you. Like there are a lot of things to it where it's like it's very chaotic. It's very there, there are a lot of aspects to it that, that are shocking that, like, it, again, with your sanity, your sanity could freeze you and just leave you completely open to being attacked by whatever horrible, monstrous creature that you come across. And then, and, and, and then you're dead. You're dead for that mission. The, the character is permanently dead. Um, but one of the things, uh, the campaign that we had been running before my, uh, my other uh, group and I had run, they had run afoul. They worked officially for Delta Green, but they have run afoul of them and ended up working for the outlaws as part of like this kind of cross promotional thing 
and the the outlaw organization is trying to kill one of the higher ups in the official government organization because he's trying to do this program of like murdering children because he thinks they have this genetic predisposition to being fish people which may or may not be true like that's kind of part of the thing in the game it's like you don't you find out what you find out in the game, but it's never, it's like, it would be like finding something like that out in real life. You don't know how 100% true that is. It's like when you hear about, like, you know, the, the Tuskegee Airmen, like, that was like the thing that everybody was like, yeah, that's all bullshit, that's all bullshit, right up until the point where it was real. And then people have trouble accepting that it's that it's as real it as it real. was. That our government would be so exactly, shitty. Exactly, because of how horrible the details are. Right. And that's kind of the way Delta Green tries to kind of reproduce that. Guess what? The government sucks ass because it's full of a bunch of rich cock much motherfuckers. Thank God this is explicit. Oh yeah. I'm labeling this one explicit. Yeah. Oh, a bunch, bunch of fucktards that give a shit about nothing but themselves. Yep. And they don't care who they hurt to get what they want. Corruption. That's, that's part of what Delta Green is. Is Delta Green is like because the guy I, I have contact with the guys that have created this like on Twitter and stuff and that's like they feel the same way you know what I mean that one of the guys actually moved to Canada and it got Canadian <laughs> citizenship because his Dang. wife has cancer and he was like yeah we have to you know I we need health care yeah they you have a better I mean? health care set up yeah too. he's like I, I'm not dealing with this and then totally rightfully so you know what I mean so like because it's all about it's all about it's all about money getting rich yep that's exactly what it is and that's one of the things in and we live in Illinois shit yeah that's That's one of the worst it's one of the things in the game is it's like you're you're definitely getting this kind of bleak kind of you're you're just holding stuff off you're not ever winning it's like the world isn't is saved for another day but only just so that's it's it's got a dark feel to it might save a life here or there yeah it's got a dark feel to it and one of the another one of the uh, the mechanics that's interesting with the sanity thing is you have bonds which is like your family or your friends or whatever, your job. And you can, uh, like when you lose sanity, you can choose to take some of that sanity damage to a bond. And it's like representing PTSD and representing that like, hey, my family, like I'm feeling less close to them and they're going to start to feel that and they're not going to want me around as much. Or if it's like a good friend, it's like you've kind of lashed out at them and they don't trust you as much. And it really kind of gives you that kind of, like, you're building into this, like, hopeless feeling of, I'm alone. You know what I mean? And all I have left is the group, and the, you don't even know, you can't even trust if the group is who they say they are. So, so they're sus. I, I've played RPG forever. Yeah. We actually had to, a player of uh, one of my old D&D groups, because he couldn't separate reality from fiction game. Right. Imagine someone like that get involved in this stuff. Yeah, and one of the things when you're when you're especially at running it as a as a handler, as, as it's called in that, um, you really gotta kinda watch how the players interact with each other. Because there there's a lot of like, for example, uh, one of the last missions that we have run uh, is called uh, Lover in the Ice. And the kind of central premise of it involves a lot of like a lot of sexual stuff to it like a lot of sexual assault type stuff this monster is like you're not touching my wee wee well this monster what is, is it with like, you and wee wees he, he loves them Good he God. loves talking about him he loves touching him 
Mine. You are not the saboteur. Only mine. You are not the saboteur. You are now Creeper. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Creeper. That's well, I shaved my head. I look like Fester. <laughs> We've been telling you that, that for years. That for Halloween. We've been telling you that for years. Uncle um, Fester in the hizzy. But in in uh, in Lovers in the Ice, the, basically it's a creature that's sexually aroused by violence. And the only way to like keep it away is like that one of the people is like jacking off constantly, like you know stuff like that. And for for certain people, like if you're playing in a group with that, you have to be cognizant to not be shitty to your friends. You know what I mean? Like you, if if Corey's offended by apple eating, like you can't have apple eating in your game. Why you gotta bring the apples into this? <laughs> but. uh... And, Again with the Gregory. Just, oh my god! It would just be very easy for people to abuse it. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things with a darker game like that is like you really you got to have some trust and you got to be able to trust the people you're playing with. For sure. All right, now I didn't want to interrupt half. You know, I didn't want to interrupt what you were getting through to there. Back to insanity. Now, is insanity something that we're gonna have to roll on? Is it something that's gonna build up here regardless? Something that will build regardless of what you do. Right. So at some point, though, you're going to be maxed out. Yeah. How do we get rid of it? So you don't actually, you you can build it back up, but there's a max, and that's what you start at, basically. Your max sanity is what you start at, but your minimum sanity is zero. Once you're zero, I control you, and I take your character and kind of do whatever with it. And that's actually... Okay, so it's negative instead of building. Okay, so there are ways, there are mechanics in the game where you, uh, like spend time with your bonds or you um, you could get therapy which therapy itself could be another mission because it's like you're revealing secrets about this that they don't want people to know so there's a lot of paranoia to it too but yeah there are ways to regain it and you regain sanity by winning basically okay. uh, a lot of the missions at the end of the mission if you've completed it in certain ways you'll regain 1D whatever sanity oh, okay. and then it because you you've seen you've done something that was you've good. seen the face of evil and you've stopped it and it's like you you've you kind of got this you know you've regained it uh, but it's very rare that you would regain honestly everything especially if you depending upon like how much sanity you've lost and there are some jobs that are like you like for example um, one of the jobs that you can pick that's like a pre-made job it's like special forces guy and if you're a former special forces guy you were you were um, adapted to violence so violent stuff doesn't hit you as hard yeah, it doesn't affect you it doesn't affect your sanity manner. or if you're like adapted to helplessness if you've been like if you've been committed involuntarily or if you have mental illnesses and stuff like stuff like that doesn't affect you as much but other stuff will affect you more like a special forces guy that gets stuffed into a, a trunk is going to take double sanity damage basically or stuff like that where you are yeah. Yeah, so you, you each character's kind of got its own thing. Each job has its own thing, and then each character, as they go, will have it, it'll have bonds that they lose and they, they drop and they add, and it'll have their sanity going up and down, and it'll be different weapons. And another thing that, that was always kind of interesting with the uh, with the skill system was uh, whenever you if you choose to roll, you 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 know you try to get under it. Um, if you get a double. It's a critical. So, like, if you have a skill of 30, 30%, and you roll a 22, it's a critical success. So you get, like, or or rolling a 1 or a 100 is a critical success or a critical fail. If you fail, obviously, you know, you fail whatever the skill is, but you put a tick mark in the box next to it. And then when that day is over, 
you erase the tick mark and then you raise that skill by 1d4. So you failed at it and it's like you thought about it and it's like, all right, I can do that a little bit better. And so you get better. There are only a few skills that you can't do that with. Uh, unnatural and occult, I think, are the only two that you can't. But uh, like everything else, like if you... So uh, the more you fail, the better off you are. <laughs> yeah, because you, you know what not to do, what not to fuck up. Like when you're picking a lock, it's like, all right, well, obviously I can't bang on it with a hammer. You know what I mean? <laughs> C4 is an option. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah, it always is. Oh, jeez. Here we go. And here we go. go again. What else you got? Uh, I mean, that's that's the, the biggest explanation I got for that. Um, I think you guys really tips. like Delta Green. I think it would be fun uh, to start out with. Uh, your buddy Kelsey, the Flat Earther, I think would enjoy it because it's basically conspiracy theory of the game and she's conspiracy theory of the person. Um, no, I mean, it can tie into a lot of conspiracy theories too, but I mean... It, it does. and that's, It's ironic, though, that a lot of those conspiracy theories are fucking true. Well, they have things that have been proven or are true. based on truth. Oh, yeah. Right. So and, there, there's, factu- there's factuality in it too. Well, there is, and there's a lot of stuff that, like... It has its own explanation for some things like the Philadelphia Experiment is a big part of the game uh, to the point where it's actually one of the official missions. Well, that's like presently. There's a lot of anti-vaxxers in COVID. I myself don't give a shit one way or another about it. The only thing that I have heard that bothers me is the fact that they're making it mandatory, except for the politicians. Senate does not have to do it. Congress that doesn't have to do it. The White House doesn't have to do it. disturbs me. Yeah. If you're going to fucking tell me I got to do it, you got to do yeah. it first. Across the board. Yeah. Exactly. I don't have a problem doing it, but you're going to fucking do it too. Well, see, I'm vaccinated, and our company just passed the policy that you have to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Which Period. they don't have any choice in the matter because they employ more than yeah. 100 people. Okay, well, and it's that's good because a, there are a lot of fucking a, idiots a, that have been bringing it into the fucking work site and passing yeah, it around, exactly. which is a big fucking. But my problem. whole my whole deal with that is, if everybody's got to do it, everybody's got to do it. The politicians don't get a fucking pass on it. Yeah, I agree. And why would they want to pass on it? If they think that it's necessary for them to have a pass on it, then there's something that's going on. I agree. I also think there needs to be less disinformation about it because, like, Fox News is saying, oh, the, the lefties are trying to get you, make you do it, but they have, they have a vaccine mandate and all their people are vaccinated. So you're also one, you know what I mean? And I think that's and a big part of the problem. I was listening to, I was listening to something the other day, and Bill Burr had a comment that I, I thought was pretty goddamn good, uh, was the fact that you have all the government that wants everybody to get vaccinated, and everybody's saying, well, the vaccination are going to kill people. And he's he's like that doesn't make any goddamn sense because if the government wanted to kill all the people that had the vaccine, <laughs> then they'd have to deal with only the people that didn't have the vaccine. Exactly. And that's not the people they want to have to deal exactly. with. That's... They want the sheeple. They yeah. don't want the non-sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, but at the same alert. time, I've also heard the whole fucking you know uh, Jesse Jesse Ventura was re- interviewing some doctor who says that they put some kind of chemical in that that uh, can cause sterility. Well, they've also said that about horse paste, and the idiots are taking horse paste and jamming it up their pee holes, too, so I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I just why, why the fuck would anybody do that? 
there are a lot of fucking dumbasses. And people were drinking Clorox bleach because Trump told them to. Oh yeah, I you know what I mean. Like, anyways, yeah. That's and that's that's that. It's it's a thing in the game too, where it's like you're dealing with people like that, and you deal with, um, you deal with, you're dealing with this kind of seedy element of the government a lot of times, and you're trying to figure out who, where their loyalties lie because it's like, are they sending me into this to kill me specifically? Am I do? Are they or doing are they, this for the right reasons? And it's yeah. hard to find out, you know. Real quick, before we move off of the Rona topic, just I wanted to get something in real quick. Two points that I have. I'm vaccinated. But there's two things that irritate the crap out of me. One is everything you hear about it and the president, the White House, they've all said the same damn thing. It's the next pandemic. The next, You never hear Endgame. I've never once heard when this is over, these rights will be returned. When this is over, well, because governments are never, known that once they gain they, power, they, they never get away. away. I don't well, here's the thing. Saying. They're not taking away any rights. Yet. Making They've people... already taken away your rights. If well, yeah, if you're I'm at the is... point that you have to have a passport to get into a restaurant or a hospital, they will deny you treatment. I don't care. That's the definition of segregation. I think they should deny people hospitalization if you refuse to fucking take it at this point. Because if you're going to come in... What if you haven't had out? access to it? Well, that, And that's different. But everywhere has access to it in America. Not all age groups, though. Not all age groups, but you're not going to keep a kid so out you're tell, anyway. So you're telling me right out. now they don't have something clear for, for uh, Addison. She's 10. If they don't have something clear for her and my daughter is in crisis, I don't give a shit. But that's They're the thing. Care if, if you don't have... They, they haven't said that they weren't going to let kids out. So... Yeah, oh, I don't, and yeah, it's, I, it's, I don't it's think slippery, we need to put this in the podcast. I think this is something Right. Yeah. So like I was saying, the second point I wanted to make, and then I'm done with it because you guys got to speak yours. I'm going to speak mine real quick. When I hear the president go on the world stage and say that this is like COVID stopped existing all of a sudden because he said that this is a battle against the unvaccinated. Now, wait a minute. You're telling me that you need to protect me. I'm vaccinated. So the vaccinated need to be protected from the unvaccinated because the unvaccinated can hurt the vaccinated, which means the vaccine, which means the vaccine wasn't working in the first damn place. The vaccine worry just about makes it like twenty percent, possible instead of a hundred percent possible. It's the same thing with the polio vaccine. FDR said the polio vaccine was great. Right. Well, that also didn't lock down the entire damn world and shut it down and ruin small businesses. Spanish flu and did, and people people did the same shit. I mean, the Spanish flu killed millions of people, more people than World War One did. Yeah, it's one of those things where I I think this was what conspiracy. I think this was weaponized. This was a weapon that was unleashed. Unequivocally, I don't think they meant to release it, but it was something they were working on. And someone call Fauci. You got Fauci's number? Call that asshole. It's only Fauci works in China. It's seven fifty-five in our time. They've already proven that all this shit that they were saying it was coming from this lab in China and everything. Guess what? It wasn't that fucking lab. Yeah, I Wuhan? Was it Wuhan or Wu-Tang? Wu-Tang. <laughs> That's the whole point. They, they find out, you know, a year or two years later, it wasn't what they thought it was. Yeah, see, I haven't seen anything for that. And you won't because it doesn't fit the narrative they're trying to push. And that's, that's one thing that Trump started that pisses me off to no end is the fact that Nowadays, you have to double and triple and quadruple check anything anybody says 
because you can no longer trust anything. Yeah, even more so. Like, you couldn't trust anything George W. Bush said, but at the very least... It was a small lie. It was small or not. not. Oh, they 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 stole the election. Yeah, they they twisted the truth. They didn't manufacturing just make it up and say, fuck you, this is what it is, because I made it up, and I'm the president. I can make whatever I want. Well, hey, speaking of the Bushes, uh, you know, Vannevar was the person who was uh, sent in to take away all the shit from Nikola Tesla. But he was also the one that tried to overthrow fucking FDR. Vannevar Bush was working with the agency that was monitoring Nikola Tesla. Oh. And upon Nikola... And what they didn't know until after his death is that they had actually became friends in secret. Upon Tesla's death... Now, conspiracy theory... Well, they did burn all of his his papers to catch on fire. Vannevar Bush was the first to go in there and get access for the government. And the big issue they had was he had everything in order numerically. All these crates or chests that he had full of all these inventions that the world had never seen before, out of over a hundred, and I'm sure some troll's going to get on here back, that was exactly 107, fight me, asshole. So it was like a hundred cases... And Vannevar Bush, when he reported it, it was like 40. Yeah. yeah. Where did all... A, where did that technology go? B, now you're talking about Vannevar Bush and then down the line, George W. Bush Sr. Or uh, George H. Bush. George yeah. W. There's a there's well, a lot... That, something and, came out of those cases well, and, that gave them a hold that they got presidents in their bloodline well, now. And, and Prescott Bush tried to... Prescott Bush and his right. buddies tried to hire a Marine general to overthrow FDR. So you're talking about the Bushes got a whole lot of power after Panavar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially after George H.W. managed to not get eaten by the Japanese. George H.W. was supposed to be a part of, of Majestic 12, too. Oh, yeah. When he was in charge of the uh, CIA, he had access. He was supposed to... He was I'm one sorry, of those I don't members. think anybody has anything to do with CIA should ever hold a government. I agree. Agreed. Because they, they got out the dirt on everything. See, the CIA is nothing more than a, a privately run organization of thugs that are running their own, running their own agenda. Yep. Note to all listeners, if we get epstein <laughs> Considering how many fucking dictatorships they support, still supporting the Saudis right now, and the Saudis were the ones that did 9-11. So... After I mean, we that, have proof they were Saudi nationals. We uh, know that. Uh, yeah, and fuck it. Bin Laden's family still does govern, does business with the Bushes. Uh-huh. But at any rate. But yeah, that's the game. That's the conspiracy shit. Laugh, <laughs> laughs in Benghazi. That was horrible. So, I guess from here, it is going to be, we'll all give you farewell. Thank you for listening. And Go fuck after, yourself. Valid, valid point. So after this is done, we are actually going to start our characters and we will start recording the first episode of Delta Green. So casual Morgan, everyone, say farewell. See you soon. Fuck off. (laughs) And we're out.